0: I'm Jonathan Eder, host of Seekers and Scholars. About one year ago, in late summer 2019, we gathered to record an episode on National History Day, a unique program that invites middle school and high school age students to venture into the world of historical archives and collections to create projects on a particular yearly theme. Last year, the theme was on breaking barriers in history. This year, the theme is on communication in history, the key to understanding. Through this adventure, over the course of an academic year, participants build expertise on a particular topic and then communicate what they have learned, either through developing a website, writing a paper, designing an exhibit, producing a documentary video, or creating a performance. Around a half million students participate. But this coming year of 2020-21, represents a world that has changed more so than usual. So we thought we'd bring back guests from last year's Seekers and Scholars episode, which is number 33, National History Day, transforming students' lives and archives, for a follow-up conversation spotlighting what it means to be involved with National History Day 2020-21, where there is not only a different theme, but where the rules and norms have changed on how we conduct ourselves in a world responding to a pandemic. It's a great pleasure to welcome back Kate Melchior from the Massachusetts Historical Society.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Kate, you're Assistant Director of Education at the Massachusetts Historical Society and State Affiliate Coordinator of National History Day in Massachusetts. So we're going to be looking to you for a lot of insight on what that means and what that can mean for students, teachers, parents, et cetera, who might be interested in getting involved with this program. Also, it's great to be back with Dorothy Rivera to discuss the Mary Baker Eddy Library and National History Day. Dorothy is manager of research services here at the library. She is extremely helpful in getting queries answered. I've had the pleasure of that experience on many an occasion. Great to have you with us, Dorothy.
2: Hi, Jonathan.
0: And we have one newcomer to the conversation, Dan Bullman. He is digital and photographic collections archivist at the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Dan was our guest for episode number 32, titled Depth of Field, Photography in the Mary Baker Eddy Library Collections. Good to be back. So, Kate, I thought I'd start with you. In this time of quarantining, when it seems you have to keep the world at a distance... How has that affected your work with the National History Day program, and how does it affect how students can go about engaging in National History Day projects?
1: I will say it was quite an adventure last year when about a day and a half before our projected regional competitions, we ended up having to pull the plug. They were scheduled to take place the weekend of March 7th. And within a few days of having canceled our in-person competition, we were in a state of emergency in Massachusetts and all of us were heading into lockdown. So we felt pretty devastated over having to cancel our in-person programs. We wondered about what the fate of the competition would be that spring. Our students, however, their first response was, does that mean that we get more time to edit our projects? Mm. Uh, So last spring, we ended up with a pretty quick turnaround, transitioning from an in-person program into a virtual one. We were really glad that despite many things being canceled last spring, all of the sports and drama, other programs that were taking place, we really were able to have what was a very genuine history day experience and we were able to give the students a lot of those elements that they would normally have in an in-person program. This year, facing similar barriers, uh, to pick the theme from last year, we have decided in Massachusetts to once again hold a virtual contest season, with teachers facing such uncertainty in their classrooms and having so many barriers to lessons when they're trying to figure out how to navigate what might be a hybrid classroom or a combination of in-person and virtual students. We wanted to make sure that no matter where this year takes us, that our students and teachers had consistent instructions and consistent calendar dates for the entire year. That being said, this year we have a lot more time to really plan out how exactly we want that competition to take place So unlike last year, this year we are hoping to do interviews between students and their judges on a large scale. We've also worked with the national office who have come up with templates for all of these projects to take place in a virtual space and to make that transition much more easy for programs like, say, a performance with instructions on how to do a performance using Zoom, playing with Zoom backgrounds, figuring out some of the other tools that students have at their disposal. And maybe this is a good time to talk about that competition for those who might not be familiar with the program. So National History Day on its own is really a curricular structure for helping students do project-based learning. So the whole point of that is that they get to pick out something that really intrigues them in history and then create a project that presents that to the public in some way through those five project categories the exhibit, the documentary, the website, whatever interests them. We have about 6,000 students around the state of Massachusetts who take part in this curriculum. Some of them do it in their classrooms or as a school, a grade, while others might do it as an after school program or even independently if they're really interested in history. The competition, while a, a key part of the program, is only something that some students participate in and it's not the core. So if you really love history and want to create a project yourself, you don't have to take part in the competition unless that's something you're going to enjoy. But the competition itself is also a wonderful opportunity for students to present their work to outside judges and the chance to get to speak as experts to those that they have not met before. So we really value it as a portion of the NHD program, but the competition is only one small part of what we do. We're also taking time to develop more resources for teachers and for students working from home. So we're putting together curricular materials that they can institute either in an in-person classroom or in a virtual one. We're collecting more resources to archives and to libraries and places like the Mary Baker Eddy Library that students can use to do their project based learning from the home without having to travel into public spaces. And we're creating spaces where teachers and students can come to ask questions and to talk with each other and to brainstorm other ideas for how to do these projects from home. So while there are a lot of challenges that we're facing this year, we're also kind of excited because I think that a lot of the resources we come up with this year are going to be things that students and teachers can draw on from years to come.
0: Kate, we were so pleased when you invited us to create a landing page for National History Day on our website. And we did it last year for Breaking Barriers in History, and we've created another one for this year's theme of communication in history, the key to understanding. It was a lot of fun for us, but also a bit challenging for us to key in on what we should choose, because communication is such a a major part of the history, both of Mary Baker Eddy and the Christian science movement that she founded. She was uh, a publisher, she was a writer. She was really at the cutting edge of the media of her time. So we had a, a lot of options. We chose three, one of which focused on the Christian Science Monitor news organization that Mary Baker Eddy established. Another was on the Massachusetts Metaphysical College, and that's a kind of very unique story of a woman in the 19th century founding an institute of uh, of higher learning. In this case, one dedicated to the teaching of Christian science. And then we chose another on how Mary Baker Eddy communicated her new religious vision through the media that was available to her at the time, And so we looked in on the periodical that she uh, started called the Christian Science Journal. So, Dorothy and, and Dan, could you expand a little bit about what people will find on that landing page, how it's an introduction into a much, much bigger world?
2: The idea behind what we put on the landing page is to give people... The general sense of some of the different things that come up in this portion of the collection. You have the section on the Christian Science Monitor, and it highlights several of the other articles we have on the website. And one of the things it tries to do is point out sort of interesting stories that you might find in that portion of the collection. So, for example, if you were interested in investigative reporting. There's David Rhodes' story on the human rights violations in Bosnia, but there's also a whole series of stories that took place during the 1980s called Children in Darkness, um, and it was done under the editorship of Kay Fanning, who was the first woman to serve as editor-in-chief of an international newspaper. So these are little highlights designed to really be prompts to encourage the participants to kind of dig a little deeper, ask some more questions, or to see, okay, this is something that's interesting in the library's collection. Maybe there's something related at Mass Historical or one of the other partnering institutions of National History Day.
0: Dorothy, the David Rhodes story that you mentioned is interesting to think about in connection with National History Day projects. Read one of Pulitzer for his revelations about atrocities that occurred at Severnitsa during the Bosnian conflict in the 1990s. His investigative work appeared in the Christian Science Monitor. Although Rode is no longer with the Monitor, there are people still on staff who worked with him on that project and could speak to what happened.
1: It would be such an incredible experience for one of our students. I think that's one of the gems that you pull out of having a landing page like this. And one of the reasons that I so love when organizations will do this because they'll pull out these stories that the general public might not really know exist in the archives. So students might assume when they come, and rightly so, to the Mary Baker Eddy Library, that they'd be able to find great stories about religion and history or about women in history, but to know that they could find this sort of investigative reporting about international events and then be able to speak to people who are involved in that reporting is something that they should definitely know
0: about. And Dan, with a subject like the Massachusetts Metaphysical College that Mary Baker already founded, how do our photograph collections help bring that story to life?
3: What our photograph collections can do for that particular story is put faces to names. So if you're doing research, you can find out about a lot of the students who attended the school, who were involved in the Christian science movement at that time. We have photographs of many of them in our collections The image that we used on our landing page is an 1885 photograph of Mrs. Eddy's students gathering at the Point of Pines picnic in Revere, Massachusetts, and there were about 30 students who gathered at that event. For many of those people, these are the only images we have of them. Hmm. We also have Mary Baker Eddy's papers available online, so you can read a lot of the correspondence from that time period when she was discussing founding the school and those can be accessed at mbepapers.org.
2: Another thing that might actually be interesting in the Massachusetts Metaphysical College is actually some of the material in our Art and Artifacts collection. It also has some really interesting physical and visual materials that students could dive into. There's a printing plate for the curriculum of the Massachusetts Metaphysical College. There is a sign. There are all sorts of interesting things that sort of help you get an image of what the place was actually like and how Mary Baker Eddy communicated her ideas.
0: Kate, we learned through you that there was a a specific project last year on Breaking Barriers in History that focused on Mary Baker Eddy in that context. But something else that you reminded us of is that a themed landing page like ours could support a different subject. For example, thinking about our topic of Mary Baker Eddy communicating a new religious idea and her use of print magazines during that period for that purpose, you know, that could be supportive of a project that's looking at the transformation of media in that time period of the late 19th century.
1: This is one of the reasons where I will say, go and email your archivists, because any topic that you have, they'll be able to come back with 10 or 15 ideas of places you might have never thought to look in the first place, and you end up coming across the most wonderful discoveries.
2: We have at the library really wonderful research staff of six people who are really well versed in the collection, so a really important step for anyone who comes to the library, whether it is Jonathan asking for help with a project Whether it is someone looking to work on National History Day, whether it's someone with a doctorate in history who's looking to write a new book, we always encourage people to come and talk to us about their project, explain a little bit about what their basic question is, what they're hoping to learn, other resources that they might be using, and just start a dialogue with us.
0: Well, it's been great dialoguing with all of you on the subject of National History Day. Thanks so much, Kate Melchior of the Massachusetts Historical Society.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been lovely to talk to
2: you all.
0: And thank you, Dorothy Rivera.
2: Thanks, Jonathan.
0: Manager of Research Services at the Mary Baker Eddy Library. And thank you so much, Dan Bulman, who uh, does such a great job managing what is really, I think, would you agree, Dan, a fairly extensive photographic and, and visual media collection that we have?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, it's fun to dive into the collections, and don't hesitate to contact us. If you're interested in doing a project, you can reach us at research at mbelibrary.org. Thanks for having me.
0: Our pleasure. And it is our great pleasure to share this and other Seekers and Scholars episodes with you, our listeners. And we are always pleased to hear from you at podcasts at mbelibrary. Org. So please don't hesitate to write with your thoughts, questions, your observations. Please join us for our next episode, when we will be joined by members of the Women's Caucus of the American Academy of Religion and the Society of Biblical Literature to learn about actions they are taking to correct gender imbalances and how women are represented in the study of religion. I'm Jonathan Eder. Thank you for listening to Seekers and Scholars.
2: This podcast is produced by the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Copyright 2020.